Welcome to Understudied Theater History with your hosts, Dara and Colleen. Woohoo! My name is Dara, and I'm the one that did all the research. And Colleen, what is your role today? I am a vast pool of nothing ready to be filled with the water of knowledge. <laughs> That's great. I love that so much. <laughs> so, Understudied Theater History is a podcast that I'm making to uh, focus on some unstudied or understudied uh, play, specifically female playwrights throughout history. So the first person that I got to talk about today is Regina Anderson Andrews. And do you know who she is? I have no clue. (laughs) Yeah. So she was a founding member and the executive director of the Harlem Experimental Theater, which was was a community-based theater during the Harlem Renaissance. You know what the Harlem, Harlem Renaissance is? Yeah. Yeah. So the famous man that she's connected to is W.B. Du Bois because she was a member of his players troupe, the K-R-I-W-G-A players or Kirgwa players. Mm. And so she was like an actress in that for a couple years. And it's um, that the Kirgwa players only lasted for about i think it's a a year or two Mm -hmm. much shorter than the harlem experimental theater which was lasted for about five years the harlem renaissance happened directly before during and slightly after the great depression so the harlem the reason you might have heard of the harlem experimental theater is it was a part of the federal theater project in the great depression so it was federally funded theater what a concept yes (laughs) so it was the like part of the black theater uh section of the federal theater project oh they had subsections of it they did because it was (laughs) the 30s wow So that class that you were talking about, American Theater Makers, I also took it, taught by the lovely Trisha Rodley at the university. That class heavily focuses on Todd London's book, An Ideal Theater. <laughs> and um, it, it talks it is a, a lot about men in that is, book. <laughs> yeah, so that book is primarily impact statements or statements directly from the founding members of many prolific American theater groups. Mm-hmm. And so I actually thumbed back through it in doing research for this. And there is a statement from W.E.B. Dubois about the Kirgois players, but there is nothing about the Harlem Experimental Theater in that book. Wow. Yeah. And so even when the Harlem Experimental Theater is talked about, uh, many sources incorrectly accredit it to W.E.B. Dubois because of Regina Anderson Andrews connection to him because they were like they work together a lot yeah and like didn't hit like i assume that his like players group contributed to the like the people who were acting in the harlem experiment the reason the harlem experimental theater kind of came together was because his players group dissolved why are we talking about him Tell me more about this lady. Okay. So she was a very prolific librarian. Uh-huh. And the, one of the reasons that the Harlem Exper- Experimental Theater was so successful in what it did is because it spoke to, again, sorry, W.E.B. Du Bois' manifesto of theater by us, for us, near us. Mm-hmm. And so this is why it connects to her being a librarian. For many, many years, both the Kirgwa players and uh, the Harlem Experimental Theater 
performed in the basement of the 135th Street branch of the New York Public Library. And guess who garnered that deal? Now, Regina Anderson and Yes. So, Regina... It's all coming together. Regina wasn't a... Uh, like upper division librarian yet because by the end of her career she was a branch head wow but so she didn't actually like facilitate the deal but she brought it up to her higher ups and they like approved it so this mm. this library branch fulfilled the near us portion of bias for us near us oh yeah and the most important part about the near us piece is even during the great depression admission to the theater was like a nickel or free Wow. So most oh, of the time... I wish theater was a nickel still. <laughs> I don't. I know. But so most of the time, the admission to the theater was free, providing a space not only for theatrical performance, but community. And I think that speaks a lot to what and- Anderson Andrews, uh, her like lifelong goal working as a librarian as well, because she found she like created and fostered these like community spaces for black people mm-hmm. and black artists the theater was not her only achievement. Like, she was a black librarian in a time when the census, like, said there was less than 100 black librarians in the entire U.S. Yeah, not even that, but, like, oh, being a woman employed in the, what, you, you said the 30s? Yeah, she got the job before the Depression. So, the teens? Yeah. I mean, that's just, like, amazing that she was a woman and, like, she ran all of these things and she had a job and she was a black woman. Like, that's just, like, that's so many achievements in, in itself. So interesting. Wow. She was mixed. So um, she had, I think that was part of why the Harlem Experimental Theater produced plays by black and white playwrights. Because W.E.B. Dubois wanted to focus more on black plays entirely. Yeah. But the established plays of the time by white people didn't have roles for black like quote unquote didn't have roles for black people right right because minstrel minstrelacy was what was happening on broadway right uh, white actors portraying the black characters in blackface yeah so problematic yeah (laughs) um but the by putting on these white plays quote unquote white plays with black actors in the title roles they're kind of subverting that and making a home making a place for black actors even if it wasn't like their regulated role in society yeah and she facilitated that and she's really cool and all of her achievements get assigned to W.E.B. Dubois yeah and I mean it's even hard to talk about her without talking about him because their history is so inter- mingled and like it's you know you said there was only one book about her and so it's just like Oh, that's so crazy that she was overlooked and she played such an in- integral part in creating, like, equitable theater. Yeah. And, or, and just, like, available theater. Yeah. And she's seen sort of a revival in academia. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people now focusing on telling her story or studying her connections to the Harlem Renaissance and, like, how she sort of fostered this whole community of artists but that's only recently, and I don't think any of her plays have been performed in many, many years. Are they even published, any of them? Yeah. Okay. They're published. Oh. Climbing Jacob's Ladder is her most famous one. A so, very accomplished lady, to yeah. say the least. Yeah. And an overlooked, understudied playwright and producer and... Librarian. And community foster. Yes. So... 
you may be wondering, why are we talking about her? Yeah, why are we talking about her? We are talking about her because it is important to recognize the achievements of women who have been left out of history. Yeah. And her plays could see new light today and she could receive new recognition and be appreciated even after her death. Yeah. For her contributions to society. And why recognizing the diversity in our history is important because the diversity in our history is not just something in our past, but like something in the present too. So there is this list published every year called the Kilroys. Okay, hold on. I'm going to just read this off the website. The the list includes the results of our annual industry survey of excellent new plays by women, trans, and non-binary playwrights. It is a tool for producers committed to ending the systematic, the systemic, (laughs) okay. It is is a tool for producers committed to ending the systemic underrepresentation of women, trans, and non-binary playwrights in the American theater. So it's this collective that publishes a list every year. And they do really amazing work in representing women, trans, and non-binary playwrights, which are voices that we need more of in the theater so, so badly. So badly. So, so badly. But this is to prove that people, those kinds of people are writing those plays. But yeah, and they're 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 overlooked. just not they're just not getting produced. Yeah, and like history is happening now, right? So what we do now and what we recognize now will go down later as history and what we cared about and so let's have it not be white american man theater anymore yes just that yes i want more i do i want it all (laughs) yes and we need more playwrights in general i think and producers i think it's important too that she was a producer um because that's something that's also overlooked, I feel, in theater um, is the role that the producers play in like the quality, not even the quality, but just like in in season selection. Yeah. And in theater and like who whose voice gets heard. And so I don't know. It's important that that she was a successful producer in addition to being a playwright. And a community builder. Yeah, I agree that it is important to recognize her achievements as not only a playwright, but a community builder. And I hope that her story inspires, uh, her story in addition to the the work of the Kilroys, inspires Mm. a new generation of people. Yeah, that'd be cool. That would be cool. Thank you so much for listening to this little review of the history of Regina Anderson Andrews. This was only a smidgen of the work that she's done. If you would like to do further reading, in the show notes of this episode, I will be posting my bibliography for the research that I did to prepare for this. And I highly recommend you check out what you can because so many people... Well, some people have written some really great articles (laughs) about her, about Regina Anderson Andrews. And I would like to call out again, Ethleen Whitmire's biography of Regina Anderson Andrews. Then Catherine Wilson's article about theater near us, librarians, culture and space in the Harlem Renaissance, which was really excellent to discuss her community work. Oh, and Adrienne Mackey's, uh, Adrian Mackey's Reconstructing Community and Identity, Harlem Experimental Theater and Social Protest, which is very interesting as well. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you learned something today. 
I certainly did. <laughs> I definitely think my vast pool is filled a oh, little bit. Well, I hope it's not filled all the way because we still have more episodes. <gasps> Yay! <laughs> there is room to spare. Okay.